Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. continually be in my mouth. Well, welcome tonight to a word from God radio broadcast on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess this evening, Evangelist Rebecca Collier Hagler, and I want you to know tonight that God has a designed word, especially for you. Psalms 119 and 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. By keeping God's word in our heart, it keeps us living a holy and a sanctified life if we obey God's word. And then Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, meaning the word will illuminate our steps as we walk towards our purpose and our destiny in Christ. Well, it brings me great joy to come before you tonight here on blogtalkradio.com and to share a word from God with you. Uh, after tonight's broadcast, if you will look on our webpage at blogtalkradio.com slash a word from God, there is a button there that says follow. 
I ask that you would push that button and it lets me know that you are following our broadcast and that you also enjoy our broadcast. And then I want to say thank you to all who have been following the broadcast. Thank you for your kind words, your words of support, your words of encouragement. For all of those who have been following me, uh, for all the other uh, radio personalities who are on Blog Talk, thank you so much for following me. I really appreciate you so much. And so I just want to say thank you to everybody. I hope I have not left anybody out. But I want to say thank you to everybody for your support and just to let you know that I truly do love you all. And you can now go to our website called the Word from God. Dot webs, W-E-B-S dot com. Please browse our site and follow all of our links to all of our other affiliate sites and to our blogs. Also, we now do have, as many of you know, we have a page on Facebook called The Word from God. And I would ask that you would go on our, our Facebook page and just like us. Just click the little like button saying that you visited the page and that you do uh, uh, like the page. And also, you can email me at uh, a word from God, the number three, just just the number three. It says a word from God three at aol dot com. And uh, when you go to our website, please check out our ad and advertisement page uh, on the website. Uh, if you would like to have your church event or business announced on the air. Or if you're an artist and you would like to have your CD played on a word from God, please go to our website for instructions uh, and uh, go to our ad and advertising cost page. Or you can email me at a word from God uh, three at aol dot com. Um, also, I do have a blog out now. Uh, it is called um, A Word from God One. A word from God one dot blogspot dot com. Um, on our blog, we do place our thoughts and uh, and whatever else the Lord might have us to uh, put on the on our blog. Um, I do have a second blog, which is called uh, Partners in Business One, and that uh, is also at blogspot at dot blogspot dot com. That's Partners in Business One dot blogspot dot com. On this plot, on this particular blog, I share uh, business tips and about going into business for yourself and things of that nature. Also, I do have a uh, message in my archives uh, called "How to Start a Business," and I use scripture to um, uh, it's scripturally based on how to start a a uh, uh, business for yourself. And I want to let you know that, you know, with things being the way they are in this country, many will say, well, now it's not the time. But you can start a little home-based business as long as well as working uh, in your home. I'm sorry, not in your home, but on, on your regular job. You can start a little home-based business, something that will help you. Um, many of you, if you were like me, you don't want to continue working uh, for somebody else, but you want to do your own thing. You want to work for yourself. You want to pay yourself. Many of you have godly ideas that God has given you, things that uh, uh, God has told you, some things he's dropped in your spirit about a business, and you need to step out in faith and go ahead and let God use you to open up that business. You might say, um, 
Well, I don't um, uh, have the money to, to do that at this time. Well, there are different places that you can go. You need to go online and research and um, pray. And uh, maybe there's somebody in your family, in your church, or uh, someone that will give you a loan. But there are ways that you can get out there and you can start your own business. So look into that and don't be afraid. Uh, bind that spirit of fear. Get out there and start your business and 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 use that idea for what God has uh that God has given you and go forth and become an entrepreneur because God's placed that uh entrepreneurship in your spirit. Uh I do still have my uh, a couple of CDs. Uh one which is called Secrets. It is a um CD for women. Uh, men can listen as well, but it's basically for women. And uh, it talks about hidden secrets, things that we keep hidden in our lives, things that we don't want other people to know. It may be an abortion. It may be having committed adultery. Uh, It may be you got involved in lesbianism. It may be that um, uh, you were abused as a child, molested as a child. Uh, it, It could be you could be bitter. It could be forgiveness. And I and I share little scenarios, and somewhere in there you may find yourself uh, in some area that you have uh, a secret in, and you need to let that secret go because it's destroying your life. It's 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 killing you, and you need to give that secret to God. And so I do have uh, it's a two disc uh, CD. I sell it for fifteen dollars. Um, you can just uh, write me at a word from God three at aol dot com, and we can get one out to you. Uh, the other CD, of course, is called "I Give Myself Away," which sells for ten dollars. I'm also going to be uh, I'm still working on the Rapture, uh, the one about the uh, called the End of Times. Still working on that one. There's a lot more uh, things that I had to put into that one, so. Um, uh, I will let you know as soon as that one is ready. Um, also, I do have a um, a business of my own called Lady Be Lovely Fashions, and uh, you can go to uh, LadyBeLovelyFashions.web.com and uh, check out um, some of the things that I have on there. I have another website called LadyBeLovelyFashions.net. Uh, I'm doing some work on that one. They still might have it up, but uh, they're going to be doing some work on on that one for me. So, but check that one out. It's LadyBeLovelyFashions.net, and uh, just go in there, check us out. All of our uh, prices are very, very affordable. I know that many of us we like to look good, so um, we're just um, thanking and praising God that there's a place you can go. Hallelujah. It looks like I have a call, so hold on just one second. Hello, you're on the air. I just wanted to listen. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. Well, praise God, we have someone that's listening. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so uh, we just do, uh, we do want you to um, visit our website and um, see some of the things that we do have there uh, on Lady Be Lovely. Well, um, 
Also, I would like for you to um, go on my website, not on the website, but on the um, on my show page, which is a word from God, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash a word from God. And I want you to check out a um, a link that I have, uh, which is called, um, it is called uh, Blood Pressure Awareness. And uh, there's a lot of great things on there about um, about eating right, exercising, uh, just a lot of great things. And uh, it talks about high blood pressure. It talks about um, uh, high cholesterol, just anything about health that you might need to know. So uh, we just um, thank and praise God for you tonight. Oh, looks like I have another call. Hello, you're on the air. Hey, if you don't like to listen. Oh, yeah, you don't have to uh, call that number. You can just listen right on your computer. I don't have a computer. Oh, well, if you want to stay on the line, you can still listen. Thank <laughs> me. All right, sweetheart. All right. Well, uh, tonight we are going to be talking about uh, the Word of God. That is going to be our our lesson on tonight. Call the Word of God, and we're going to be talking about the importance of the Word of God. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, speaking the Word of God. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, the origin of the Old Testament. And the New Testament. So before we get into the, um, before we get into it, what we're going to do is we're going to play a song, and then after we do our song, then we're going to go ahead on and we're going to um, uh, get into the message. So enjoy the song. The song we learned in Zimbabwe. You are Alpha and Omega. We
You are Alpha and Omega. Hallelujah. We give him all the glory. We give him all the honor. We give him all the praise because God is so good. He's so wonderful. He's so loving and he's so kind. And he knows exactly what we need, when we need it, at the exact time that we need it. I'm so glad that Christ is in my life, that that he has just uh, been there for me at all times when I needed him, when I felt like I didn't need him. When I walked away from him, he was still there, and he gently brought me back to him. And I just thank him and I praise him because he is so wonderful. He is so glorious. He just means everything in this world to me. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, for being so good. Well, tonight we are going to be uh, talking about the Word of God. And uh, the Word of God is something that's very important to us because the Word of God helps us to know who God is as well as it helps us to know who we are. As we get into the Bible and as we study, we find out so many wonderful things about God. And then God begins to reveal things about ourselves to us, things that we need to clean up in our lives, things that we need to add to our lives. But the Word of God is very important. So this is what we're going to share tonight. Our topic is called The Word of God. The Bible tops the bestseller list every year. Nothing beats it. World sales of the Bible's of the Bible are more than $1 million every year. Many people own a Bible, but many don't read or study the Bible that they own. Many times it becomes a paperweight, a centerpiece, or we just leave it on the tables just so that our guests will think that we read our Bible often. It has often been said that if you want to keep something from someone, put it in the Bible because that is the one place that most people will never, ever look. And this statement reminds me of a movie I saw a few years ago about a woman whose grandmother had died. Her grandmother was always telling her about Jesus and about the Bible. She would uh, listen but never took heed to what her grandmother was saying. At the reading of her grandmother's will, she discovered that all her grandmother had left her was her old raggedy Bible. The young lady was disappointed, and she took the Bible, and she threw the Bible in her uh, drawer, and she never opened it up. And then several months later, she was in a real financial dilemma and needed money really bad. Uh, She didn't know what she was going to do. She didn't know who she was going to go to, where to go. So she just began to pray because she always remembered her grandmother saying to her, just pray. And as she was praying, she remembered her grandmother saying that all you will ever need is in the Word of God. And she began to search frantically for the Bible that her grandmother had left her, and she found that she remembered where she had left it. Now, she had never read the Word of God before and didn't know where to start, so all she did, she just opened up the Bible. And when she did, out fell uh, an envelope from the Bible, and she laid down the Bible to open up the envelope, and when she opened it, she found a cashier's check in the envelope for $100,000. Uh, 
she began to cry, and when she uh, looked at the Bible, uh, where she had opened it up to, there was a scripture circled, and it was Philippians 4.19 that says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that this will happen to you or for you, but I can tell you that whatever you need from God, it is in his word. Now, how do I know that? Well, first, I know it from experience. And second, I know it because the Bible is the inspired and written word of God. The Bible was written by 40 different men who God spoke to or inspired to write down what he wanted uh, mankind to know. Uh, Some of the writers of the Bible were uh, kings. Some were poor people. Uh, Some were fishermen. Some were poets. Some were government officials. Some teachers. And some were even prophets. It took about 15 to 1600 years for the complete Bible to be written. And it was written in three different languages. Written on three continents, which were Asia, Africa, and Europe. Um, There are not any books in daily use by millions of people around the world, parts of which were written over 3,000 years ago, which yet speak to us today. There are no other books out there that were written in that time period that speaks and meets us right where we are today. There are other writings as old as this, but they're in museums, and they have no relevance to the world today. Now, are you one of those who daily reads and studies the Bible, or are you too busy? There are about 6,800 distinct languages in the world. The Bible has been translated, at least in part, into around 3,000 of those languages. The Bible is made up of 66 different books. The Old Testament has 39, and the New Testament has 27. Each book is divided into chapters and verses. Many would say, because it was written by so many different men and during different eras, how can you say for sure that man just wrote what he wanted to write? These men all had one thing in common. They were in total subjection to God and to the will of God. Now, the perfect agreement of all of these writers is proof that they were all guided and inspired by a single author whose name is God. Some wrote what they were told to write, like in Jeremiah 36 and 2, and it says, Take thee a roll of a book, and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel and against Judah and against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah even unto this day. He spoke, he wrote what the Spirit of the Lord told him to write. We have a uh, call. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, I was listening. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank God for the listeners. Hallelujah. 
And then it says, others wrote what they saw and experienced. And I'm sorry, it says, others wrote what they saw and what they experienced. And coming events, like John in Revelations 1.19 says, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The Bible is in total agreement with each writer's writing. Each one spoke of Jesus in some way and the plan of God to bring man or to restore man back to him. Now, what is the purpose of the Bible? 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine meaning teaching and instruction for reproof gentle correction for correction to bring back to right standing for instruction in righteousness meaning right standing and holy living that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works, that we will be equipped and well-trained in the word of God to do the work of God. The Bible is divided into two sections or into two testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The word testament means covenant, and covenant means agreement. The Old Testament records God's original covenant or agreement with man and which the law was also uh, uh, put in. The Old Testament also covers a sweep of history from the creation of the world to about 400 B.C. Its books include poetry and history, prophecy and law, but they all tell the story of God's concern and his relationship with his people. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Some even say that the book of Daniel and the book of Ezra were written in Aramaic. Now, the New Testament records the new covenant made by God through his son for man to be totally redeemed if man would accept the wonderful plan of God. The New Testament covers the amazing life of Jesus and what followed in and after his life here on earth. And it talks about his soon coming return. There are four accounts of Jesus' life called the Gospels, written by those who knew him. Then in the book called Acts, there's a story of how his followers carried his message around the world. Letters uh, to Christian groups were written, many of them written from prison. Finally, some amazing and even often frightening predictions about the end of the world and the start of something better to come. The New Testament was is was written uh, in Greek. Now, what makes the Old Testament and the New Testament agree is the message of restoring sinful man back into right relationship with God. How God and man can reclaim that relationship they once had back in the Garden of Eden before man fell and sinned against God and turned all that God had given man over to the enemy. Let's see how all of this began. 
man, which was Adam, had a wonderful relationship with God. And in that relationship, God and Adam would talk and walk in the garden often. Even though Adam spoke to God often, God saw that man was lonely, so he made an earthly companion for man, which was woman, the man with the womb. But after the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden, God and man's relationship was somewhat different. It was somewhat strained. Uh, God could not spend time with Adam because of the stench of sin on his life, and Adam felt pure guilt for what he and Eve had done. So he stayed away from God, like many of us do when we're caught up in a sinful lifestyle. So how could their relationship be restored? We're going to look at Genesis chapter 3. And this tells us about the first sin and the first promise. This is the promise that will redeem mankind back to God. And I'm going to be reading this passage of Scripture from the God's Word translation. We're going to read the whole chapter of Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The snake was more clever than all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he asked the woman, did God really say you must never eat the fruit of any tree in the garden? Now, the enemy, the snake, knew what had been said, but he had to begin to work on Eve's mind. He had to bring a little doubt there. And the woman answered the snake, we're allowed to eat the fruit from any tree in the garden except the tree in the middle of the garden. God said you must never eat it or touch it. If you do, you will die. Number four, the serpent said you certainly won't die, the serpent told the woman. God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree had fruit that was good to eat, nice to look at and desirable for making someone wise. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he Ate it. Now, many times uh, we don't realize that Adam was right there with Eve during the time that the enemy, the serpent, was trying to uh, deceive her or when he did deceive her, but he was right there with her. Verse 7, it says, Then their eyes were open and they both realized that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made clothes. For themselves. In the cool of the evening, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking around in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God amongst the trees in the garden. Verse 9 The Lord God called to the man and asked him, asked him, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. God asked, Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the fruit from the tree I commanded you not to eat from? The man answered, that woman, the one you gave me, gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. 
And many times, in many situations, when we're caught up in something and then uh, God calls us to the carpet, that we want to blame everyone else for. And during this particular chapter, in this particular chapter, you'll see that everybody is blaming everybody else for something that they did, and nobody wants to take responsibility for the fact that, hey, I did it because I wanted to. So verse 12 again, the man answered, that woman, the one you gave me, gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The snake deceived me, and I ate, the woman answered. And the Lord God said to the snake, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the wild or domestic animals. You will crawl on your belly. You will be the lowest of animals as long as you live. And then he said to the woman in verse 15, I will make you, this is the promise that uh, God made for how to restore man back. He said, I will make you, and he, I'm sorry, verse 15, I will make you and the woman hostile towards each other, meaning there's a natural hatred between the woman and the serpent. If you look at um, many women today, those of us that are in the church, um, we do have a a natural hatred for Satan. It's something that God has placed within us that women seem to have the that that uh, that sixth sense, if you call it, or or God gifts us with uh, spiritual gifts that we know right off when uh, we can feel things in our spirit that are when their things are not right, we begin to feel those things in our spirit because we have a natural hatred towards the enemy. And it says in verse 15, I will make you and the woman hostile towards each other. I will make your descendants and her descendants hostile towards each other. He will crush your head that he being Jesus, and you will bruise his heel, meaning that uh, he, uh, during the time of Calvary, he thought that Jesus, uh, he thought he had him. He thought, hey, this is it. We got we got him. You know, uh, there's no more Jesus. We're going to get rid of him. But Jesus crushed his head instead. All he did was bruise the heel of Christ. And then he said to the woman, I will increase your pain and your labor when you give birth to children, yet you will long for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then he said to the man, you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree. Although I commanded you, you must never eat its fruit. The ground is cursed because of you. Through hard work, you will eat food that comes from it every day of your life. The ground will grow thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat wild plants. By the sweat of your brow, you will produce food to eat until you return to the ground. Because you were taken from it, you are dust, and you will return to dust. Adam named his wife Eve, meaning life, because she became the mother of every living person. The Lord God made clothes from animal skins for for the man and his wife and dressed them. Then the Lord said, "The man has become like one of us, since he knows, 
since he knows good and evil, he must not reach out and take the fruit from the tree of life and eat. Then he would live forever. So the Lord God sent the man out of the garden of Eden to farm the ground from which the man had been formed. And he sent the man out. God placed angels and a flaming sword that turned in all directions east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed them there to guard the way to the tree of life. You see, after the fall of man, man needed uh, to be forgiven. There had to be a way that man could restore himself back to the Father. And so the way that they did that was they did it through uh, sacrificial offerings. Blood sacrifice had to be made by man to obtain forgiveness during the time in the Old Testament. Jesus was that sacrifice uh, uh, that was going to be. Uh, He was the promised one that God told the woman that he would crush the enemy's head. During the Old Testament time, the animal sacrifice was a symbol of the true blood sacrifice made by the Lamb of God. Jesus is and or was that Lamb that was spoken about in the New Testament. Jesus' sacrifice is the final sacrifice. All we do now is receive what he did for us. We now live up under the dispensation of grace, meaning we no longer have to do blood sacrifices. We no longer have to offer up animals because Jesus was offered up instead. When Jesus uh, uh, breathed his last breath and he said, it is finished, and and, and the, the uh, curtains in the temples were rent, all of the blood sacrifices, all the animal sacrifices, those things did not need to happen anymore because Jesus was the final sacrifice. So all that man has to do now is we have to receive what Jesus did for us. We now live up under the dispensation of grace, not meaning that we can just go out and do whatever we want, but it means that God looks upon us now in the eyes of his son so that when we sin and we ask for forgiveness, we are immediately forgiven. Man no longer has to sacrifice an animal for his sins. We receive what Christ Jesus did for us, which was he gave his life. If we choose to accept his great gift uh, to us, then we will be saved and then we will be forgiven. And when we mess up, then we just go to Christ. We go to Jesus and we ask him to forgive us, like it says in 1 John um, uh, chapter 1 and in verse 9. In Hebrews 9, 11 through 15, again in the God's Word translation, this talks about um, the, the, the blood sacrifice that Jesus did for us. Starting at verse 11 in uh, Hebrews 9, verse 11 through 15. But Christ came as a chief priest of the good things that are now here. Christ went through a better, more perfect tent or perfect house that was not made by human hands and that is not part of this created world. When Christ came, he came here in a more uh, a better way 
than we did. He used his own blood, not the blood of goats and bulls, for the sacrifice. He went into the most holy place and offered this sacrifice once and for all to free us forever. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of cows sprinkled on unclean people made their bodies holy and clean. Uh, verse 14, the blood, of, the blood of Christ, who had no defect, does even more. Through the eternal spirit, he offered himself to God and cleansed our conscience, consciences from the useless things that we have done. Now we can serve the living God. Verse 15, because Christ offered himself to God, he is able to bring a new promise from God. Through his death, he paid the price to set people free from the sins they committed under the first promise. He did this so that those who are called can be guaranteed an inheritance that will last forever. Jesus gave his so that he could offer us up to the Father, saying, Father, I died for them. Any time that you do something wrong, all you have to do is go to God, go to Jesus. Jesus, forgive me. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I, I, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to do these things. And as you're praying, Jesus is looking down upon you because the enemy is there uh, telling God, look at her, look at him, look at what they've done. You, you, you just need to send them to hell with me. They're, they're, they're useless. They're, they can do nothing. Right. Look at them, look at them. But then Jesus comes and he says, Father, you look at them through my blood covering, and look at them and see their heart is in the right place. They're repenting. They're asking you for help. They want forgiveness. And then once you ask for that forgiveness. And you say, Lord, you know, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to do these things. Please forgive me. Lord God, I give you my life. I give you this. Take this away from me. Take the taste of alcohol. Take the taste of cigarettes. Take the taste of drugs from me. Lord God, I don't want to be an adulteress. I don't want to be a fornicator, Lord. Lord, I don't want to be a gossiper. Lord, I don't want to be one that uh, misuses misuses finances. Father, forgive me for everything that I've done. When you do that, you are now forgiven. You are now saved. If you've never asked Christ into your life and you uh, pray the sinner's prayer, you will be saved and forgiven. If you are saved but you still, sometimes we make mistakes, we still do things that we should not do, then you just go to God. You go to Christ. Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I don't. I, I'm not going to do this. I repent. I turn from my wicked ways. When you get up from there, you are totally forgiven because God's word says that we are forgiven. Hallelujah. Uh, and then it was saying that uh, in the in the 15th verse here, it says um, that uh, Jesus. It says He did this so that those who are called can be guaranteed an inheritance that will last forever, meaning once we have accepted Christ in our lives, we then become an heir and a joint heir with him. Whatever has been promised to Jesus has been promised to you because once you connect yourself up to him, you get connected up into the family of God. And what belongs to Jesus is just like 
in any family uh, situation. I was adopted. Uh, my mom and dad did not have natural children, but when they passed away because I was adopted into the family, which many of us are adopted into the family of Christ, whatever was my parents when they passed away, it went to me because I was an heir and I was a joint heir uh, with them. It's the same way. Whatever God has promised Jesus, he has promised that same thing to us. Now, after um, the rapture hits, man will still be able to get saved, but again, blood will still have to be shed. With some, it will be their own blood because they will have to make a decision. Uh, People are going to go, now those of us, I really don't want to get into too much about the rapture, but those of us who are... um, Born again, when God says it's time to go, not when some man says it's time, for we know not the day nor the hour. But when God says it's time for the rapture, those of us uh, which are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. But those who did not know Christ, those who chose to uh, walk away from the Lord, those who chose, that said, you know, this Christian stuff is not for me, they are going to be left here. But you still have a chance to be saved, but this time it has to be done through and with your own blood because everything that is Christ is going to be out of here. The Holy Spirit, everything, it's going to be out of here. But there are going to be people that are going to be left here, 144,000 witnesses. God's going to allow some others to come back, and they are going to be sharing the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. But there's going to come a point when uh, some people are going to have to make a decision. They're either going to accept the mark of the beast and be doomed to hell, or they're going to receive Christ. They're going to make a stand for who he is in their lives, and they will die physically by whatever the government at that time deems fitting for them to die. Now, Scripture says that it's going to be by beheading. Revelations 20 and 4 says, I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and did not receive its mark on their forehead or their hands. They came to life, and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. So remember, blood has to be shed for salvation. So why not receive the shed blood for your life that has already been bought and paid for? Jesus has already done it. He did that to restore man back to God to bring man back to his rightful place. Because in the Garden of Eden, we were in our rightful place. God had given man dominion. At that time, time, man and woman both had dominion over everything on the earth. But because of the sin, then it, it, it went haywire. And then man had rule over the woman and that kind of thing. But now that order has been restored 
we still have dominion. We as wives, we're still in subjection to our husband, but not to a point to where it is a a fearful thing or where um, the husband is beating. That is not the type of authority that God is talking about. But it was through the shed blood of Jesus that it brought us back to the point to where we could be back in restored relationship with God. Now, the scripture also tells us we are not to be ignorant in in using the word of God. The word of God is our weapon, and it is our weapon against our enemy. The Bible tells us that we're to put on the whole armor of God, and you find that in Ephesians chapter 6. And part of that armor is your sword. Your sword is the word of God. And if you take the S off a sword, you will see that it leaves the word, word. You must learn to use your weapon properly if you are ever going to defeat our enemy, Satan. Hebrews 4 and 12 in the God's translated translation, it says, God's word is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword and cuts as deep as the place where soul and spirit meet, the place where joints and marrow meet. God's word judges a person's thought and intentions. Many a times when we read the word of God or we hear the word of God, it begins to convict us in the area where we're doing wrong. I remember when I had backslidden and in the area, you know, I had doing a little party and stuff like that, and it would begin to, um, the word of God would begin to uh, convict me in that particular area because I knew that I was not in the right place where God wanted me to be. And each week I would go and something would be said about something that was being done in my life. And, and, And it was spanking me because I was uncomfortable because I knew that I was wrong in what I was doing. And so the the word of God, it judges a person's thought and, and it judges a person's intentions. Sometimes we think things, but the Holy Spirit will bring things back to your remembrance, even in things that you think about, if you allow the Holy Spirit to do so. The word of God, it does bring conviction. It puts us back into our rightful place where we need to be. It brings us out of sin if we obey that word. It is in the word of God that we can find truth for every lie that the devil tells us. We need to know how to use the word of God. 2 Timothy 2 and 15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You always want to know that you are using the word of God correctly. You want to find the right scriptures to defeat the circumstances in your life that should not be there and to defeat the enemy. Some of you might be facing problems with your health. 
Some of you might be facing problems in your marriage. Some of you might be facing problems with your children. Whatever the case, you might be lonely. Whatever the case might be, you need to find scriptures to come against those things. Because, see, the enemy will speak to you. I spoke last week on the kidnapped mind. The enemy will speak to you to try to keep your mind bound so that you cannot be free to receive the word that God has for you. So you need to begin to find scriptures in the word and and uh, use those scriptures. As you speak uh, certain scriptures into your spirit, as you speak the word of God into your spirit, it helps to set you free. Um, it says in Revelations, oh, I'm sorry, um, you never want to add to or to take away from the word of God. Uh, you have some people, there was a, a minister a few years ago says, the Bible says uh, uh, money is the root of all evil, but I say that uh, the lack of money is the root of all evil. You don't take anything away or add anything to the word of God. That can be a very, very dangerous uh, situation. Revelation 22 and 18 says this, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. Uh, verse 19, and if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this scroll. Now, many polls show that people don't know the Bible or what's really in it. They just quote what they've heard someone else say for years. But what that person has said for years is completely wrong or not in the Bible at all. The one quote that many Americans, or not just Americans, a lot of people get wrong is this quote right here. God helps those who help themselves. And I know many of you have heard that. This is not found anywhere in the Word of God. It sounds good. Uh, it sounds spiritual. But God helps those who walk in faith. Faith is what moves the hand of God in your life. Nothing else moves God. It's faith. God helps us through our When you speak the word of God over your life, when you speak uh, faith-filled scriptures, that is what moves God's hand in your life. There's another one, another quote that people uh, say, and it says, teach a man to fish and uh, and he can eat always. Good concept, wonderful quote, but it's not in the Bible. See, many times, many people don't read their word because they just go to church and say, well, what? that's what the pastors and the ministers are for. And they'll sit there 
and they'll hear somebody quote something. Even as ministers, we don't always get things right all the time. That's why you need to take your Bible to church. That's why you need to read the Word of God for yourself. You need to know what the Scripture is saying so that you're not being misled, uh, that you're not being misquoted to. You need to know the Word of God. I I remember sitting in a church several years ago in Oklahoma, and uh, the, the the minister that came to the church, I I don't even understand why our pastor there even had him to come because he was making so many derogatory statements uh, that had nothing to do with the word. He says, what is this thing about saying praise the Lord? What is this praise the Lord all about? Uh, What is this thing about healing? You know, don't be laying your hands on me. Uh, If I'm sick, take me to a doctor. And people were just clapping their hands and and jumping and shouting. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what in the world? Is going on here because he had he said nothing that was scriptural, but the people were just rejoicing and they were rejoicing in foolishness. They only heard what they wanted to hear. The Bible talks about having itching ears, meaning that you only want to hear what you want to hear. So this is why you need to study your word so that you will always be ready to give a word in season. Now, sometimes, some of you, God is going to use you to be a blessing and to help other people. Somebody's going to come to you maybe with a question. Somebody's going to come to you because they need help. Somebody, you're just going to happen to maybe run into somebody um, on your your job. Like when I was working (coughs) a few months ago, Ladies would always come up to the store where I was working at. In some kind of way, we would start talking about the Lord. In some kind of way, God would give me a a word for somebody. I would just give them a a comforting word, or or maybe I would see something uh, in somebody's face or just hear something in someone's voice. I remember a lady came up, and she was looking at some jewelry, and the Spirit of the Lord said, tell her that I love her. And I'm like, well, Lord, I'm, I'm at work. I can't tell this lady, you know, that you love her. And he just said, tell her that I love her. And so I went up and I and I uh, asked her if I could help her. And uh, she said she was just looking. And I said, ma'am, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I don't normally do this. I said, but God just wanted me to tell you that he loves you. And the the look that came upon, upon her face, and it was such a look of peace and happiness. It was like it was just what she needed to hear. We need to know the voice of God. We need to know when God is speaking to us, and we can only know that through knowing the word of God. We know God's voice by knowing God's word. Hallelujah. You never know who God will send you or send your way. And that person just might need a word from God that only you can give. So, again, I ask this question, what do you need from God tonight? What is it exactly in your life 
right now that if you went into the word of God, what is it that you need from God? Is it forgiveness? Have you done something wrong and you need God to forgive you? It's in God's word. Is it love? Do you feel like there's nobody there, that nobody cares, that nobody uh, wants to be around you? Is that what you need? Do you need love? It's found in the word of God. Do you need joy? It's found in the word. Do you need peace, which passes all understanding? It's found in the word. Do you need healing? It's in the word. Do you need salvation? It's in the word. Do you need to be equipped for the ministry? Do you need uh, to be trained in how to be used in the ministry? It's in the word. Do you need a financial blessing? It's in the word. God will tell you in his, in his word how to re- receive financial blessing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Is it about a holy lifestyle? Do you want to live holy before the Lord? It's in his word. Do you need deliverance? Is there something you're doing? Is there something that has attached itself to you that you need deliverance from? It's in God's word. Is it comfort that you need? It's in God's word. Is it advice about your marriage? Do you need to know something about your marriage? It's in God's word. Do you need uh, help with your children? Or are you, uh, about, are you uh, making a decision about a business? All of this is in God's word. You just have to open your Bible. Uh, what you need to do is you need to get some extra study material. You need to get like a concordance, get you a Bible dictionary, uh, get you um, uh, some commentaries, um, uh, go online and do biblical research online. You can download free Bibles online. There are all kinds of ways today that you can study the Word of God. If you don't know uh, where a certain scripture is, uh, type it in, uh, uh, type it onto your computer, and it will pull up that very scripture that you need. Find all the scriptures on faith that you need. Find all the scriptures on healing that you need. Whatever it is that you need, you can find it in the Word of God. Uh, you just have to open your Bible. That's all you have to do. Look up what it is that concerns you about uh, what's going on in, in your life and start reading the Word about that particular subject. And as I said, use the Internet. The Internet is not just for secular research and for porn and for Facebook and and for uh, Twitter and all of the other things. Uh, the Internet can be used to find everything out about the Bible that you can possibly want to know. Do a biblical research. Find out what the Bible is really saying to you. Uh, do you want to know what the will of God is for your life? It's all in God's Word. If you look in the Bible, God's Word is His will for your life. What are God's promises to you. It's all in the word. You might say, why am I not receiving what I'm asking for? Maybe it's because you are not praying the promises of God for your life. Study the word. Find the promises that are for you. 
not what's for someone else. Because, see, what God maybe has promised me, what God maybe has said he wants to do in my life, maybe that's not what he's going to do in your life. So you need to find out, you need to fall on your knees and say, "Uh, God, what is there for me? What is it that you have that you want me to do? What is your calling for me? All of us aren't called to the gospel ministry, but we all have a calling of some sort. We all have something that we uh, that God has placed us here for. But until you know what that is, you are not going to be happy in life because you're not fulfilling your purpose and your destiny. You need to go to God and you need to find all of the promises that God has for your life. Now, God has promised all of us health. God has promised all of us salvation. God has promised all of us uh, that we can be wealthy. But you've got to follow the formula. You've got to follow the guidebook. You have to follow the map. You've got to follow what it is that God is saying in his word. First Corinthians um First, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. That is a promise from God, that all of his promises are yea. Sometimes people say God says yes, sometimes God says no, sometimes God says wait a while. Not in his promises. Maybe in other things God might say no or God might say wait. But the scripture says all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen. So be it. Any promise in the scripture that God has made to us as his children you will receive a yes to that particular uh, uh, prayer as long as it is a promise from God. It is a yes from God. Possibly if it's something you want, uh, God, you know, um, I want Sally's husband or I want Joe's wife. Well, of course, you know, that's a no, you know, because that's a sin. But, um, it may be something else. Um, I, I, I can't think of anything at this point. But, it, it you know, whatever it is in your life that um, uh, you might want, but maybe that's not God's will or that's not God's promise to you. Yes, that might be a no answer or that might be a wait a while answer. But all the promises of God are a yes answer and in him amen to the glory of God by us because when God answers a prayer, he receives all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And we begin to testify and we begin to tell others about the goodness of God and what God is doing in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I have some scriptures here that I just want to read to you. These are good scriptures to put in your spirit. 
these scriptures talking they talk about uh uh the things that we say uh they talk about the you know meditating on the word of God the scripture does tell us and I believe it's psalms 1 and and 2 it tells us to meditate uh day and night we are to meditate on God's word uh as much as we possibly can to get the word of God deep down into our spirit. Uh, Psalms 19 and 14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth, let me speak forth the word of God. I can't speak forth the word of God if I don't know the word of God. Says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Let me meditate on the words that I'm speaking. Let me meditate on those words. Let me get them deep down into my spirit so that when a trial comes, you have something to fight the enemy with. You don't have to go grabbing for your Bible and looking for your Bible because the word is already in uh, in, in your heart. I quote that uh um I quote every week it says that um um I'm sorry I just lost my train of thought but it says um it says that word have I hid in Psalms 119 and 11 it says that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee if we have the word of God hidden deep in our heart, then it keeps us all the time uh, able to fight off the enemy because we have a hidden word in our heart. If we're meditating on the word day and night, we have something to fight, as I said earlier, we have something to fight the enemy off with. Uh, Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Be very, very careful about what you say. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you are studying the word of God and you're hiding the word deep down in your spirit, you're hiding the word, you're meditating on the word, you're going to only speak life over your life. But if you have nothing to fight off the enemy with. Sometimes we say, um, um, oh, we're going on vacation, but every time I seem to go on vacation, I get sick. And we continue to say that. That's what gets down deep in your heart. And eventually that thing comes to pass. But you say, I, if you say, I am the righteousness of Christ, I am healed, I am delivered, I am saved and set free, I I I um I stand before the God full and totally healed and totally redeemed. I I my life is good. Um uh, my children are saved. My husband is saved. You know, if you continue to speak what the word of God speaks, then you begin to speak life over certain cir- circumstances in your life and it will begin to change your life. And then Proverbs twenty one twenty three says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from trouble. Just keep speaking.
speaking the word of God over your life. Speak the word of God over your children. When I went to visit uh, one of my daughters um, in uh, in Washington, uh, every morning on the way to school, she would have her children to speak over themselves what they were, who they were, uh, how their life would be. That I'm saved, I'm I'm delivered, I'm I'm healthy. I'm I'm a I'm a man I'm an anointed man of God I'm an anointed woman of God uh, God uses me uh, uh, I'm I'm mighty in the Word what whatever she would have them to say and they would speak this every day that they went to school and I see in their lives I see them becoming everything that they're saying on their way to school every day. And, uh, she begins. She teaches them how to speak positive things over their life. How to how to speak biblical things over their lives. It's a good way to start off um, your children every morning when they go to school. I believe though, and school is out, but you can still have them wake up every morning and begin to speak a, a positive confession and profession over their lives that they might grow up to be. Uh, godly men and women full of the anointing of God, full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Uh, and then the last scripture is Mark eleven twenty three. It says, For verily I say unto you that whatsoever that whosoever, I'm sorry, shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says, you can have whatever you say if you doubt not. But what are you saying? And what are you believing? Are you believing that you're poor? Are you continually saying that you're poor? Or are you saying that you're rich? Are you continually talking about how sick you are? Or are you saying that you're healed? Are you talking about uh, how fearful you are? I want to start a business, but I'm so afraid. Or are you saying I'm getting out there tomorrow and I'm going to do research on how to start my business? Are you saying, oh, my husband is not saved or my wife is not saved and nothing that I say or do is going to, you know, is causing them to get saved? Or are you saying, Lord, I, you know, I thank you, my husband's saved. I see my husband up there preaching the gospel. I see my wife up there singing unto the glory of God. I see my children ministering in praise, dance. And, you know, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? Are you saying negative, doubtful things and believing those things? Or are you saying what the Word says? and believing that and watching it come to pass. Because it's still going to come to pass even if you're saying negative things. It's just going to be a negative thing that's going to happen in your life. All of these scriptures say something about meditating on the Word of God or watching what uh, you say. If you know the Word of God, only truth and faith will come forth out of your mouth. If you don't know the word of God, you have nothing to fight your enemy off with. The word will cause you to live the best life you can possibly live. Why? Because you are reading, studying, believing, and speaking the word of God 
over your life, over your family's life. Hallelujah. Let us uh, listen to this song.
Praise God. Total praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to say thank you to the two listeners who called in and were listening and are listening on the phone. I truly appreciate you uh, for uh, being with me tonight. It's been an honor and a joy to have you listening um, to me via the phone. It's such a blessing to uh, find people who love the Lord that much that they're willing to sit on their phone and just listen to the Word of God. And so I just want to say thank you so much because you could have been doing something else other than listening to me talk. So I truly appreciate you and uh, ask you to uh, do this with me again. I, I've, I've enjoyed it. It was a little different for me. I've not ever had anyone to do it that way before, but it's really been a blessing. And I thank you so much, and I pray that if there's ever uh, anything that I can do to uh, give you a word of encouragement, my email address is a word from God three at aol dot com, and uh, if you email me, I'll email you back. And um, it's just been a, a real privilege having you on the phone. So I don't want you to hang up. Just stay on. I I I've just enjoyed having you on. So. Thank you so much for uh, listening on this evening. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to uh, do a couple announcements here. And uh, the first one is um, uh, our men's conference is going to be uh, be um, uh, given by the Day Springs Men of Valor. It's called Day Springs Men of Valor Victory Prayer, Be- Prayer Breakfast. Saturday, June 18, 2011. Uh, the registration, uh, the time is 9 o'clock a.m. The registration fee is $30. Uh, it's going to be held at the Sheraton Grand Hotel DFW Airport. The address is 4440 West John Carpenter, John Carpenter Freeway in Irving, Texas. The guest speaker is going to be Pastor Michael um, McWilliams. Uh, The conference host for this particular event is Bishop Kevin Keith Dickerson. And it also says there will be a session for young men. So for more information about this uh, awesome conference, uh, it can be found at dayspringsfamilychurch.org. And our second announcement is Day Springs Girls Shine Conference, ages 12 through 19, uh, Saturday, June 25th, 2011, uh, at 10 o'clock a.m. This is going to be held at the Day Spring Family Church, 618 North Beltline Road, Irving, Texas. Um, the registration fee for that particular uh, uh Event is going to be $20. It says there will be awesome music, real-life stories, combined with high energy and an encouraging message for teenage girls. So if you have some teenage daughters, granddaughters, nieces, whatever, ages 12 through 19, uh, we'll ask that uh, you would bring them out and let them enjoy uh, the Spirit of the Lord on that day. The uh, conference hostess is Sharice Dickerson. She is the 
daughter of our our pastor, our bishop and pastor, Pastor uh, Kevin Bishop Kevin Dickerson, Pastor Sonia Dickerson. She will be the conference hostess. For more information, um, more information can be found uh, at facebook.com/shineministry, uh, twitter.com/shineministry, and then shine at dayspringfamilychurch.org. Hallelujah! So those are two great events. Uh, for those of you that are in the DFW area or you know someone here and uh, you have a husband on, uh, that's here on business and is going to be here during the Father's Day weekend or or a uh, uh, your grandchildren or your brother or your dad's coming to visit, I'll send them over to the prayer breakfast there at the um, at the Sheraton Grand Hotel. Um, it's gonna, they're going to have an awesome time. The guest speaker uh, for that event is going to be Pastor Michael McWilliams. Uh, I I believe that uh, I hear every year that the men have a great time there. So um, uh, send your husband out for a little special uh, Father's Day pampering so that he can come back refreshed and full of the Spirit and full of the Holy Ghost and and uh, maybe delivered and set free some things in his life that he needs freedom from. But um, uh, I just want to say that God is just truly an amazing God, and I thank him for everything that he does in my life. I thank him for um, his kindness towards me. Uh, When I need, sometimes when I need uh, correction, the Holy Spirit is there to just do that. But God is just, he's hes such an awesome, awesome, awesome God. I, I can't quit saying how awesome God truly is because he is an awesome God. He is truly worthy of praise from each and every one of us. There is so much going on in the world today, so much. All kinds of devastation, tornadoes, and and we had tsunamis and earthquakes and 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 different things are taking place. People are you know home invasions, whatever it might be. There are things going on in the world, and I want you to know that tomorrow is not promised to any of us. It is just by the grace and mercy of God that we're still. Here, Many have gone on to their reward, whatever it might be, whether they've gone on to glory or they've gone on uh, to destruction and to uh, everlasting damnation. I don't know. But we're still here. And while you have a chance to still say, Lord, I want to be saved. Lord, I, I, I need forgiveness. Father, I need to be delivered. God, help me. While you still have blood running warm in your veins, in in your veins, in your body, you need to ask Christ to come into your life if you don't know him. If you're a backslider, you need to ask God to say, Lord, I want to come back home. I don't want to be out here anymore. There is so much. I remember one, I, I can't remember what day, what when it was, maybe about a couple of weeks ago, 
and uh, my husband and I were were on the freeway, and we saw like four or five accidents. You know, I don't know if they were all fatal. There may have been a couple that were fatal and the others were not. But tomorrow is not promised to you. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And we want you to be on your way to heaven and not on your way to hell. The devil has nothing for you. He has nothing but destruction and death and pain and addiction. He has nothing for you. He hates you. That's why he gets you into the problems that he gets you into. That's why he he speaks to your mind and says things to you that are not true, to keep you down, to keep you where he wants you to be. But God says that uh, the thief cometh but to steal, to kill, and destroy. He says, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God wants to save you. And it only takes a couple of minutes to receive Christ into your life. And if you've never asked the Lord into your life before, guess what? You can do it now, right now, right where you are. If you're sitting in your house, you're sitting in your if you're in your living room, your bedroom, you might be listening to me on on serious serious radio or however they say that on the internet, whatever it is, what whatever your mode is that you're listening to me right now, if you don't know Jesus, you can know him right now in the pardon of your sins. He can pardon you right now, and you can walk, wake up tomorrow or go to sleep tonight and go to sleep a born-again Christian. Old things having passed away, behold, all things are becoming new. God wants to save you. I can see in my mind's eye uh, Jesus just standing with his hands outstretched, saying, come to me, come home, come to me, I love you. Come to me. I I want to I want to be there for you. I want to talk to you. I want to walk to walk with you like God and Adam used to do in the cool of the evening in the Garden of Eden. That's what God wants. He wants friendship with you. He wants companionship with you. He wants to love you. He wants to bless you. He wants to be your everything. So many people have put you down. So many people have turned their back on you. So many people, you know, uh, called your name. So many people have said things about you that are not true and maybe are true, but it what it, it, it makes no difference because to God, you're somebody special. You're somebody that he loves. You're somebody that he cares about. So right now, I'm going to pray this prayer. And wherever you are, you repeat this prayer after me. And this is a prayer for those who want to be saved, those who want to give their life to Christ. You can do it right now. Let us pray. Father God, 
In the name of Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and save me. Father, forgive me of all of my sins. I repent and I turn from all my evil ways. Satan, no longer will I do your bidding. I am now a child of God. Jesus, I thank you for coming into my life. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer along with me and you meant what you said, I'm not saying that you have to cry. I'm not saying that you have to feel anything special. But in your heart, if you meant what you said, you are now my new brother or sister in Christ. And I will be the first to say welcome into the family of God. Hallelujah. And if you prayed that prayer, I ask that you will email me at a word from God, the number three, at AOL.com. That again that email address is a word from God three at AOL.com. And just let me know. Sister Becky, I prayed that prayer of salvation with you. And I will try to get some material to you, uh, some type of uh, reading material. If you don't know of a church, we'll try to find a church in your area, someone that will uh, further carry you along in the gospel, someone that will help you grow, uh, uh, somebody that will help you get into your word. You need good Bible study. Um just write me and let me know, Sister Becky, I received Christ, and we'll do whatever we can to uh, get you what you need. And for those of you who are backslidden and you want to come back home, repeat this prayer after me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Father I want to come back home. I repent of everything I've done. I'm sorry, Lord Jesus. Forgive me. I never want to bring shame to you. Lord, I thank you for receiving me back into the fold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And again, if you pray that prayer as a backslider, I'm going to ask you again to uh, email me at a word from God three um, at aol dot com, and we will do whatever we can to get uh, you into with the with the right people in the right church, so that you can grow in the things of God. Well, it has been an awesome evening. I pray that you have um, been blessed by the word tonight. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I pray that you will continue to grow in the word of God. God is truly awesome. He's truly powerful. Um, He means everything to me, means everything to my my family. Um, He's just great. God is just great. And uh, we are going to go out 
um, with music. I'm just going to finish out the rest of this um, uh, broadcast with music. Um, I would ask that you all will continue to listen and uh, just let the music just be a blessing to you. Uh, I want to say thank you for tuning in to A Word from God on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio uh, host or hostess, evangelist Rebecca Collier Hagler, saying thank you for joining us on this evening. May God richly bless all of your endeavors for him. See you next week, and good night.
residing within God, I pray, increase. Everybody hear me. I pray, increase.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.